Final stone, eighth end. Madeleine Dupont of Denmark. Was the weight right? Just that is a great shot, right yes. in there for one. That'll be it. You heard Dupont say that she's going to end it on a good shot. Just a strong performance from Team Jones. They'll be very happy with that. Lots of made shots, and now it's time to wait and see. So they're going to scoreboard watch, and coincidentally, so are we. And we're going to do that starting right now. Let's head to sheet A. That was a brave try from Japan. They did have a bit of a lapse in the middle of the game, unfortunately, and handed a few points over. I'm sure that's why Fujisa was feeling upset. But the good news for Japanese fans is that Japan still has a very strong chance of qualifying. They are looking at other results on this sheet. They know any chance the playoffs rides on a win for Great Britain. ROC is eliminated, but they can play spoiler. This will go a long way to have any chance to get to the medal round. Yellow, red, through the hole, and score four. Look at that for Eve Muirhead and Great Britain. They score four, and that is it. Great Britain picks up the win. So they have done their part to try and get to the medal round. Now look around, see what everything else is going on. Those are the results from the final round-robin draw for the women's competition at the Olympics, winners being Canada, Switzerland, and Great Britain. And, of course, then there's the permutations and combinations. This voice might sound a little different, but hello and welcome to Inside Curling's Daily Draw, presented by CoolBet for Thursday, February 17th, 2022. I'm Rob Falls from Sportsnet Filling in for Jim Jerome. Somehow Jerome got time off. Somehow Jerome is finding his way to the warmer climbs. Hmm. I've got to talk to my agent. I think I'd have to do it. Uh, delighted to be joined by Warren Hansen and Kevin Martin. And want to tell you right now that the Inside Curling's Daily Draw is presented by CoolBet, a proud sponsor of curling and, of course, everything ice-related. The logo's a polar bear, so you've got to know that they've got ice on their mind. If you love sports, make sure you join Thousands of people already enjoying life inside the Cool Bet community. So it was the ninth day of action for men's and women's four-person curling. So the final action to set the stage for the playoffs. Uh, hello, Kevin, in your beautiful Connecticut abode. And Warren, I hope you don't have rain or snow. Or We're getting rain, snow, sleet in uh, southern Ontario. So we're supposed to be getting all weather at one time. How are you guys doing? Hey, Rob, we're doing all right. Little wet on the West Coast today, but uh, everything's great. Oh, good. We feel like we're in, <laughs> in West Coast. This is terrific. All right. I'm going to begin. Kevin, you uh, were very busy. You were up late. Nice to see you. You know, you maybe uh, you start having the caffeinated Americano instead of the decaffeinated one. <laughs> uh, you had two draws overnight. Why don't you give us the, the scores at an update of uh, draw 12? Yeah, men's draw 12. That was played at 8 o'clock Eastern here. And Lots of drama, of course, when you're coming to the end of a, of a round robin. There's lots of different chances for people to get in and not get in. But the big game was the Denmark-USA game. If U.S. wins, they're in. Simple. And then the, it, the playoffs are set. But if the U.S. were to lose to Denmark, that would bring the ROC back in, China back in, Switzerland back in, Norway back in, and Italy back into the mix. 
Oh, the door's open. Come on in. <laughs> Come on in. Pretty much the entire crew comes on back in, and it would have been just a mess of ties and so on. But on sheet A, Denmark playing the U.S., and the U.S. ended up winning with a big three in the fourth end, a big steal of three in the fourth end to win that game seven to five, and all the fist pumps were happening everywhere because away you go. And now uh, Swiss didn't end up beating. Of course, like in curling, you're right beside each other. Uh, there's a lot of looking from one sheet to the next, keeping track because Switzerland, of course, was paying attention to the U.S. results because Swiss, the draw to the button, they had a great draw to the button. And if they could beat Sweden, they'd be in if the U.S. were to lose. But Sweden won 10 to 8. Or Swiss won 10 to 8, but of course they had to look over and watch the U.S. win. So that was the end of that. And then that made Great Britain in first place. Sweden in second place at 7 and 2. Canada got third place at 5 and 4. And the USA alone in fourth at 5 and 4 as well. So that's your final four going into the semifinals. So the semifinals, Sweden, Canada, and Great Britain, USA. Now, you also had women's action you had to keep track of. And what a day it was for Jennifer Jones, because as you said, Kevin, same type of situation. You had to be in a winning situation and then maybe look around from sheet to sheet. Yeah, I think I'm going to let Warren take this one, Warren. Thanks, Kevin, because uh, it was in the middle of the night for you, wasn't it? You uh, you passed on this one. So <laughs> another story. very another very interesting final round, particularly for Canada, but there was probably three key games on the ice. So we'll just look at each of them. Great Britain versus the ROC was a big one. Britain won that one 9-4. Another big one was Japan against Switzerland. Japan was sitting in third place. If they won this game, they would have been in there clean, but they didn't. Switzerland won 8-4. And the one we were all interested in, Canada-Denmark. Canada won that one 10-4. One other game in the ice, it didn't matter, but Sweden defeated Korea 8-4. So when that was all over, the strange thing now from Canada's point of view is all of a sudden, three teams are tied for the final two playoff spots, all three at five and four. So the first thing that was looked at is the record against those teams in the round robin between each other. And looking at that, nothing was resolved because it was one and one across the board. So now the next thing they looked at was a draw shot challenge. And I think we said yesterday, if this is what it came down to from Canada's point of view, wasn't going to be good. And it wasn't. They're in 10th place in the draw shot challenge. So they were out. But interesting enough, Japan and Great Britain were down at the bottom as well. Japan in 8th place, Great Britain at ninth. So when the smoke cleared, Canada was out. The four finalist teams in the women's side, Switzerland in first place at 8-1, and one, Sweden in second at 7-2. and two. Great Britain and Japan at five and four. Great Britain gets the third spot because they defeated Japan in the round robin. So in that semifinal, it'll be Switzerland against Japan and Great Britain against Sweden. So Kevin, you watched the uh, U.S. game this morning between the buzzsaw, mullet. How'd it go? Yeah, what a game. It was uh, absolutely fantastic, actually. First end was wide open blank. Mowat has hammer to start the game. And in the second end, U.S. plays a great end, forces Bruce Mowat out a wide outturn draw, trying to catch the side of the four-foot circle against three. He's quite a bit heavy, slides through the four-foot, so there's definitely the two in the four-foot. It stops, and they measure for a third, but Bruce Mowat wins the measurement, so it was only a steal of two for the U.S. to start in the second end. 
Then John Schuster actually has a fairly simple double in the third end to give Bruce a draw for two, misses it. So Great Britain gets three. So now they're up three to two. They trade deuces in four and five. So the score is five, four for Great Britain at the half. U.S. has a hammer. They blank six with some great shooting, blank seven with some great shooting, blank eight. So now we're getting into the ninth end, all play away from center. Uh, John Landsteiner made a couple of tick shots, all corner guards. It looks great for the U.S. And then Chris Plies misses two in a row, complete zeros two in a row. And John Schuster, in the end, had to make a decision. Okay, do I draw for one in nine or throw it away and give up a steal of one. He throws it away. So that's an interesting decision to go two down going home with hammer versus drawing the forefoot to be tied up going home without. So we go into the 10th end and it's looking really good for the U.S. actually going into Chris Ply's first one. He's trying to corner freeze. If he makes the corner freeze, Boy, oh boy, I'm not, I'm not sure Scotland's probably playing some kind of a run back, I suppose, or something. But he comes up light of the house and over overlaps the center guard. And all of a sudden, that was pretty much game uh, when, once that was missed. John Schuster tried a double raise double on his last for two, but it didn't work. And uh, U.S. is into the bronze game. And the young team from Great Britain in their first Olympics have earned the right to get into the gold game. So well done for the group from Scotland. They call themselves Great Britain in an in Olympics, but of course on Sportsnet, we see them as Scotland because we, we, we watch them in the Grand Slams all the time, but they've, uh, they've earned their ticket into the gold game. And then Canada and Sweden and two familiar names going head to head. I mean, they're very familiar on the slam circuit, but now it's for a spot in the gold medal game. Yes, and what a game it was. And again, mention the same things Kevin did. The jockeying for last rock in this game on a number of occasions is pretty interesting and tells us a lot of things. But let's go into the fifth end. Canada was trailing 3-1 to one at that point in time with the hammer. And then missed a long run through. And Canada had a draw for two to tie the score at three. The sixth was blank. The seventh was blank. The eighth end was a critical one. Gushu was looking at two Swedish counters with his last. He needs to execute a perfect hit and roll behind a guard. Makes it perfectly, which forces a den to draw for one and now a 4-3 lead. The ninth end, interesting as well. Gushu with his force playing a hit. He needs to roll into the rings, but does not quite. He just is short of the circles out front. A den draws around that stone and buries it pretty much at the back of the 12-foot. Gushu could have drawn for a single, but odds of being tied going home without again come into play. As a result, he plays a really difficult shot. It's a come around the front rock trying to chip out the one that's uh, at the back of the 12 foot. He makes it perfectly, takes the hammer going into the tents, trailing by one. Hard to explain the last end because it was very complex. But in the end, Gushu again could have played a draw for one. And you listen to him on the RF mics saying, We've either got to get two or the game is over, basically. And uh, so what he did, rather than drawing for one, um, knowing the situation and the odds of winning an extra end, without the hammer, he attempts a very difficult run back, double for two. He doesn't make it. Sweden steals a single and wins the game five to three. From a percentage point of view, again, it didn't very strong. He was at 90%. Gushu was lower at 76 Gushu had a lot of really, really difficult shots, like their last one I explained, which is probably one of the reasons. 
However, the Swedish team shot 90% overall, as did the British team in the USA-British game. So it'll be Sweden against Britain for the gold. Will Canada go against the USA for the bronze? Canada will end the Olympus with possibly only one bronze medal in curling. And uh, that'll be one more than, of course, they got in 2018 if they get it. All right. Before we get your picks on how you guys did yesterday or today, I, I Okay, I'm going to do yesterday slash today. It's easier that way. Warren, is it time for a, a Canadian summit? Maybe more for just draw to the button. Uh, for, for you know, I'm just I'm a little confused. Teams from Canada who play so often, it, they seem to have a struggle with that draw to the button, and that total did teeter Canada out of the mix on the women's side. Um, is is this a puzzlement to you? Well, Kevin and I talked about yesterday, and, and certainly it is. And I, I guess, again, the fact that we're having to come, come down to the point that that's going to determine who is in and out, we should be concerned with as well. And if we look at the women's side, Canada's record since 2018 with Olympics and five and world championships, that's five different uh, competitions, only one medal, a goal that Jennifer Jones won back in 2018 in the women's worlds, no medals in the 2018 Olympics. No medals in the 2019 Worlds, no medals in the 2021 Worlds, and it looks like, again, no medals at the Olympics. And, of course, that leaves the Women's Worlds this year. But right now, we're, we're not looking good over the last uh, four years, and I just wonder what needs to be looked at. Kevin, what do you think? Yeah, it's quite startling, isn't it, when you're thinking about Canadian curling and you're going through and, and uh, realizing that we don't uh, get on the podium very often anymore, especially on the women's side. So. This is certainly something that has to be looked at. And uh, what's the answer? I don't know. Um, do you keep setting the teams up regionally? I think that's something that has to be talked about, at least at a table. Um, or do you start to have players be able to be from anywhere? It seems to be happening anyways when you've got, uh, for example, the Rachel Holman team, where the only person... Uh, on the team living in Ontario, which is where they play out of, is Emma Miskew. So um, it's already happening anyways. So I, I kind of think you probably just need to open it up completely so anybody can play with anybody, try to build really, really strong teams. And then probably something in, in the training camp type area. Um, the other countries are certainly training extremely hard, um, as, as, as are we. But I'm just a little concerned we're not using many training camps, um, especially at a young age, getting the, the youth uh, into the, into big training camps and uh, really pushing each other to get better rather than just practice among yourselves with your coach and then go to bond spiels. I love the idea of, of major training camps. What do you think, Warren? Well, I think first and foremost, they have to take a look at it all and, and take a really serious uh, evaluation of exactly where they've come from, where they are, and where things need to go. And there may be a number of solutions to making things better, but uh, I think the first thing they have to do, as I've said so many times, they have to start talking about it with an open mind and, and ready to look at numerous options, I think. It's interesting because, you know, we've discussed this and I've listened to this podcast many times. It, maybe it's that time now we look at a center of excellence, the way that Hockey Canada has set up in Calgary and the way that uh, Great Britain and Scotland benefited from that training center that uh, Amawit used. Um, identify early and, and as you said kevin maybe do away with the complete regional find the best curlers put them together and say as long as you guys can get together and curl together and have success we're going to develop you as a team so it's going to be interesting that way hmm. a lot to talk about yeah but Falsey, even as a team but but as a group as a group yeah. of more than just four or five but maybe as a group of 20 like 
20 females, 20 males, and, and you're developing them through some sort of a center or training camps or whatever that way. You know, one thing about the draw of the button too, you know, which is really alarming that we were really low in mixed doubles with Rachel and John, um, as far as draw the button and then team Gushu, they were ranked, I think number six out of 10. And then Jennifer Jones's team ranked 10th out of 10. Mm. So we're not good at it. And I actually phoned Kark about this to wondering how they practice. And he said the first time they used the, the practice and then uh, a, a clockwise and a counterclockwise draw was in the bubble. So Canadian teams haven't used that very much. And so I think we're just a little behind the other countries when it comes to uh, the draw of the button system that's being used at the Worlds and Olympics. Um, whereas we need to be able to practice that more. We were talking to uh, one of the European ladies teams, and I can't remember, it was a few months ago on this podcast, how they practice their draw to the button. And this is interesting, Falsey. They they get the ice maker to make all, I think it's a six-sheeter, but it could be eight sheets, but I think it's six. They get all six sheets ready, like an arena play, like perfect ice. They walk on the ice and they actually practice their X amount of minutes that you're allowed at the Worlds and Olympics. And then they do their counterclockwise, clockwise throws. Then they go to the next sheet and they do it again. And they do it again, all on fresh ice so that it's exactly replicates like walking onto the sheet of ice and playing in a championship. They get used to keening up the paths and exactly how it works. And, and they're just getting so good at it and, and we're not keeping up. And that's really something important. I know that's something you've been harping on as well, is you've got to practice all parts of the game, and that's part of the game now. Uh, I know I've delayed it a little bit. All right, uh, how did you guys do in your picks? Kevin, I'm going to start with you. Were you a genius yesterday? <laughs> uh, a near genius. A near genius. Near. Okay. Uh, uh, Denmark against the USA, I picked US. I picked Sweden, though, to beat Switzerland. Switzerland ended up getting three coming home to win 10-8, so I was wrong on that one. I had Canada to beat uh, Great Britain. I had, I'm sorry, I had Great Britain to beat Canada, which happened. Mm -hmm. I picked Italy to beat Norway, and Norway hammered them nine to four. So I was wrong. So two and two, and two first draw. But then I had Switzerland to beat Japan. I had Great Britain to beat ROC. I had Canada to beat Denmark and Sweden to beat Korea. So I was four for four in the women's draw. So six out of eight. So not bad. Warren, how did you fare? Well, uh, just a little bit, <laughs> bit, just a little bit better. <laughs> I was waiting for that. <laughs> so in draw 12, uh, we, uh, we agreed on everything except one. I picked Norway over Italy, which uh, gave me a three to one score on the men's draw. And in a women's draw, I duplicated Kevin at uh, all four games. So I'm seven and one versus six and two. <laughs> Is there a lot of money changing hands between you two, or is this just, is this a pride well, thing only? We're just teaching Jerome how to bet, that's all. Oh, that's right. <laughs> all right, there's another part of the Olympics, and it wouldn't be an Olympics without a little controversy, would it? You know what I'm saying? Uh, the 15-year-old Russian figure skater, Camilla Valieva, tested positive for bad heart medication in December. And, of course, the test wasn't confirmed until earlier this week after her team had won a gold medal in the figure skating team event. And then she was provisionally suspended, but then has been reinstated. She's taking part in the individual. They did not present medals on the team side because of it. It's, it's, it's puzzling because a Russian curler was suspended after the 18 Olympics for doping, was stripped of a bronze medal for mixed doubles. All of a sudden, everybody's now looking and saying, well, well why is there one set of rules? Um, because it was 
two different bodies who are discussing this, and I know that the IOC is not very happy about it. Kevin, you've lived this whole doping, anti-doping thing as an athlete. What's your feeling right now on how the IOC handle it and where it should go? Uh, how many times were you tested? I know it's supposed to be random. Were you extra random or were you, you know, how did it work for you? Well, yeah, no, I'll, I'll talk about this a little bit. So when you're a carded athlete, you can, uh, you can be tested at any time. So what you have to do through WADA, the World Anti-Doping Agency, is you need to set up through their app so that you are available every single day, 365 days a year, uh, for a two-hour slot. They know exactly where you are so that they can come and test you anytime they want. In Norway, we were playing in a Bonspiel um, over there, and I, I gave them the address and so on um, where we were. And we're just going to go down the ice. And a guy, professional guy, comes up and says, Mr. Martin, yes, that's me. You're not going on the ice right now. Uh, I'm with WADA, and I'm drug testing you right now. Oh, so, well, here we go. So go and give the sample. Another time, I was doing a speech up in uh, up in northern Alberta in, in Fairview, and it was just kind of a last-minute thing. And uh, so I just took off. I forgot to uh, to change the, the app. So I had had it that I'd be at home from 6 o'clock in the morning till eight o'clock in the morning. Anyway, I'm up north doing the speech and at 6.30 in the morning, knock on the on the door at the house and Shauna goes and answers the door and it's these two professional people and it turns out it, it was WADA coming to uh, to test me, but I wasn't there. So right away, you, you get a strike. You have three strikes, you're out. And I got one strike because I wasn't available for my test. So they're very, very strict and it's hard to imagine that any kind of medication or any of that kind of stuff was over overlooked because I've got asthma and, and to get into for the 2010 Olympics, I had to prove I had to go and to do a bunch of testing on the bike to prove I had asthma. So what they did is they tested my, my lungs after I rode the bike for a while. Until you had an asthma attack. Yeah, no, no. They just <laughs> they would test the amount of oxygen that was in there. And then I, they gave me some super strong uh, puffer, I don't know what the heck it was, whatever's in like Ventolin, only super strong. And I rode the bike. It was amazing. Faulty. I've never felt that good in 25 years. Like I could breathe, like apparently like a normal human. And it was just awesome. And they tested me again. And it was clear because of the two tests without medication and with medication that I need that drug. So then I was cleared to take that drug with me to Vancouver. And that's where see it. They're, they're so picky about this stuff. I can't imagine how somebody would ever take something unknowingly because they're so strict with all this stuff. I just, it doesn't hold water to me. It, it seems to me that if it, there is no surprises with this kind of stuff because they're, they're, they're so touchy about it. Yeah. Warren, it, there is a sieve here. I mean, things are getting through uh, and I'm just wondering how, how do you counter it? Because it seems like we run into it almost every major games. Well, I think the IOC, first of all, has to have the will to do something about it. And I guess it starts off with the fact that, well, who does the testing in Russia? Oh, Russian agency. Uh, get a positive test in December. Don't decide to tell anybody about it until we're into the 2022 Olympics. So I think I agree with Dick Pound. Russia, for quite some time now, needs a timeout. And, and I think that's where it has to start. They've got to pay the consequences of what they're doing. I mean, here's a 15-year-old child that they have somehow monkeyed with which is even worse in the whole situation. So I think that's the beginning. IOC has to stand up and, 
get some courage and uh, they got to say to Russia, sorry, you're not going to come here under ROC or no Russian flag. It's still Russia. And uh, you need to take a time out probably for at least one Olympics. I think that's the beginning of solving it. If they're not prepared to do that, I think it just continues from my point of view. Well, I'm, I think I side with you, Warren, because it just seems to be happening on a regular basis. So, it, you know, it becomes frustrating for an Olympics fan. Uh, you feel badly, as you said, for this young athlete who obviously was, you know, told to take these these drugs. And, you know, how do you it, the, the question is, you've got to have everybody on board. If you don't have everybody on board, then you're going to have these, as you said, uh, Kevin says, it's going to take on water. There's going to be leaks. So, you know, let's take a quick break because I'm going to put you two guys on the mark when we come back. I'm going to need your picks for the men's bronze medal match and the women's semifinals. So you guys think for a bit and we'll be right back. Welcome back to Inside Curling's Daily Draw, presented by CoolBet. Again, Thursday, February the 17th, uh, we've talked of what has happened so far at the Olympic curling event, but there's still more to go, and now we've got our CoolBet picks. Tomorrow, we've got two men's draws, one women's. Men's bronze medal game goes very early at 1.05 a.m. Eastern. That only works really for Warren. I mean, that game only works for Warren in his time zone. It really doesn't help you at all, does it, uh, Kevin? Um, <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty late at night where I am. That's right. All right. How do you want to start this? You want? Let's take a look at the men's bronze medal matchup. And now we know it's Canada and the U.S. Gentlemen, I'm going to go with you, Warren. You're going to go first. Well, Brad Gushu was pretty, pretty upset after this morning's game, but uh, I think he's going to come back hard. John Schuster playing pretty loose out there, watching him today. But I think Red is going to pull it together and uh, he's going to take that game tomorrow. In the women's, I don't think it's going to be difficult to pick. Uh, Switzerland, certainly, I don't see having any problem with Japan. I don't see uh, Anna Hasselberg from Sweden having any difficulty with Great Britain. Eve Muirhead has had moments of brilliance, but I think under these circumstances, it'll be Sweden all the way. Yeah, and they're both comfortable in big games, too. I, I kind of like the way that's leaning. However, Mr. Martin, what do you think? Well, you know what? Traditionally, Canada has always had trouble in bronze games. So I'm actually going uh, the other way in the bronze oh. game. I'm going to pick the Ooh. USA. And the reason is because... Oh, yeah, wait a minute. That sound you hear across the country is booing for you, Kevin. <laughs> just, I just, in this country, well, in Canada. I just want you to know that. Go ahead. No, you may it, continue just, now. Canadians have trouble with bronze games. I've been in. I've been in them, and it, they're really hard. You know, when Brad uh, Gushu is a great friend of mine, um, when he went into uh, into Beijing, he was thinking gold, no question in his mind. And you're right. Now, can they bounce back for a bronze game? That's going to be interesting. Whereas for the U.S., I think they're going to be super pumped to play this game. So I'm, I'm going to lean that way. And I'm I'm with you, Warren, on the uh, Switzerland Japan. Sweden, GBR, Great Britain game. I'm with Switzerland and Sweden. They're just so good and so tough that uh, I have to pick them as well. Yeah, they finished one, two. Go back and talk about Canada in the bronze medal games. I think, yeah, that's been true. Canada has thought uh, playing for a bronze medal was kind of a almost an insult. We don't want to play for bronze medals, but I think that's probably changing a little bit. And I'm quite sure Brad Gushu would love to have a bronze to go with the goal that he's got versus potentially nothing. So. I think he's really going to be there, but it should should be a good game. I think you're right. I, th- I think you're right. That, but, but 
it's hard for Canadians to do that. Like we're, 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 we're wired different. So it'll be interesting. I agree with you. I, any, any, any Olympic medal is absolutely amazing. If you can get on that podium, it's incredible. So yes, I totally agree with you. It's just going to be a matter. Can they bounce back in time for the bronze game? And we'll see. I, I agree. It should be a heck of a good game. And you and I are battling it out too. Warren. Oh. <laughs> Have you got an overall total, how you guys are doing? Like Warren, are you in the lead or is Kevin no, in the lead? Kevin, Kevin's in the lead, I believe. Not by a lot, but he's in the lead. <laughs> oh, they could sway then. The next uh, games could sway it, guys. So, uh, all right. You guys are going to be awake. I know that. Uh, <laughs> one, before we wrap it up, I just wanted one thought as we get to the end of the curling events. Um, anything really stand out? One item that stands out to you, uh, Kevin, that uh, from this uh, very long uh, curling, both mixed doubles and then uh, the four person? Well, the one thing that stands out to me that stands out clearly is the parody in the women's side. I, incredible how many teams are close to equal. You do have the cream of the crop with Switzerland and Sweden, but boy, oh boy, I think eight of the 10 teams could have won this thing. That's amazing. So that's something that just stands out to me in, in world curling right now on the, on the women's side is just incredible competition from country to country. And I think that's so healthy for our sport. Warren? Interesting. I was certainly thinking parity as well. And I think in the men's, just as much probably as the women's to a very large degree, that it's become so difficult, so close. But I think the other thing that I have watched again this morning and is the importance of the last rock. And I watch what's going on where people are trying almost impossible shots versus taking an easy one because... They're of the opinion that uh, that won't uh, be what where they want to be going or where they, where they want things to happen. And uh, I think that that's got a huge impact in the game today is this continually, it's a battle for, for last rock and it's causing strategy to be much different than it was before. Well, that was cool, Bet, calling you. I wanted to get your numbers yeah, down right away. Right. <laughs> <laughs> it was great being part of this, gentlemen. Cool Bet's a proud sponsor of curling. Frankly, all things ice related. You got a polar bear in your logo. That would make you think that they like the ice. If you love sports, make sure you join the thousands of people already enjoying life inside the Cool Bet community. And if you're feeling so inclined, head to the Cool Bet website. You can place a wager. Both Warren and Kevin have given you their picks, and apparently they've been doing pretty well so far. Some good picks as we move forward. A reminder again, if you have an email, because they uh, love to hear from you, and uh, you aren't a member of the Facebook group, certainly sign up. We want to thank Rod Paulson, who manages the Facebook group. Uh, the email is insidecurling at gmail.com. Insidecurling at gmail.com. And, of course, slip us a note on whatever is happening at the games on ice. The gentlemen are wide open for your questions. One of your hosts, of course, uh, in the World Curling Hall of Fame is a curler. The other is a builder. So they're both show-offs, and they know everything you can possibly know. Kevin, you're going to have to get some sleep because you have to work, right? You bet. Yeah, 1 o'clock in the morning for the bronze game. We'll be there. And Warren, of course, will be enjoying a uh, refreshing beverage as uh, 11 p.m. rolls in in his time to watch all the action, too. It has been fascinating to watch, uh, frustrating at times, but certainly when you get the best on the ice, it's been terrific. Uh, send us a tweet, Curling Inside, or it's uh, lots of places for you to get in touch with us. Jim is... Uh, basking in the sunshine somewhere we're not sure thanks again for for checking in for warren hansen for kevin martin i'm rob folds take care everybody